Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron is the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 14 of the Archives Podcast. To my right, we have at it's Mary J on twitch.tv. To my left, we have at Van Seal on YouTube and Twitch.tv and Grinder. And in the middle, my name is Sotiko. You can follow me everywhere. And of course, the Archives Podcast at Star Wars TAP. This is the Archives Podcast, and we're having a good time today. Breaking down the prequel trilogy. Now, early doors. I think we literally just came up with this concept for the pod because we were talking about it in Van Seal's stream. And I was like, hey, that'd be cool to deep dive the prequels. We did a deep dive for the sequels. We did individual episodes for each of the originals. And here we are for the prequel trilogy. So how it's going to work is one of us is going to cover one video and we're going to be running that discussion. And each of us has been assigned a movie. Uh, but before we do that, to kind of clear the air, to kick off the stream, we're going to do some 60-second debates. Change. Now, stop watching my I, I will, I will, I will. Now, what you're going to be tasked to do here is you have 60 seconds to debate, and we're going to be going in a rotation around Robin tournament. So to kick off, it is going to be Van Seal versus MJ, and then... It'll be me against Van Seal, and then me against MJ. So, nice and easy. You have to give the participants a random topic, and then they have 60 seconds to debate their stance. We're also going to flip a coin to see who goes first. And Perfect. All right. Call yeah. it. Who? What? Heads. It is indeed heads. Do you want to go first or second, Van Seal? Um, um, wait, what does that mean, go first or second? Does that mean I'm giving the topic or I'm debating? I'm giving the to topic. Oh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll take my stance. You can give me the topic. Um, All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. I'll give you guys like 30 seconds to come up with your talking points for it. And then we're going to okay. get ready to rumble. So right. your guys' topic is the transportation public transportation public transportation now mj i want you to be pro public transportation and van seal you're going to be anti i mean i could start it off right off the jump coming from someone with no car public transportation is hella hella nice <laughs> you gotta keep going man you gotta you gotta build up your case you gotta go 60 seconds i'm from new york you know we walk blocks in seconds you know or we could take a bus it doesn't matter if they smell we just hold our breath you know it doesn't matter <laughs> we gotta get to point a to point b that money's at the end of that tunnel true do you yield your time sir uh you got 30 seconds <laughs> yeah 30 seconds MJ. 
Dude, I mean, there's like you can save money not spending it on cars. Just use your feet. You know, you're born with two feet. You can just keep moving, <laughs> keep it like grooving. Or you could make a makeshift skateboard somehow out of whatever your backyard, and you just find some wheels. You know, keep it grooving. You know. Three, two, <laughs> one, and Van Seal. Let's get your counter argument. And three, two, yeah. one, go. So I'm gonna hit all three, all the three main points that MJ just talked about. So the first one, he's gonna talk about public transportation, how it helps people. Public transportation is outdated. It's outdated. He was talking about going from point A to point B. That's stupid. That means you can go back and forth from one place to another. That's ridiculous. You need to go all over the place. You need to have the freedom of transportation <laughs> yourself. Point A, point B, not enough. He's talking about smells? Dude, why the hell would I want to smell people? And on top of that, they're making TikToks on trains and all that stuff. No, 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 no. We're not dealing with that. I want to be in my nice car that's self-driving, that, um, you know, electric. I mean, hello, you can't get cheaper than that at this point. Um, the other thing we want to talk about, um, what, was the other, what was the other point? God, 15 seconds. What was the other point you made? There's another point you made I wanted to hit on. Uh, gosh, MJ, you hit me with something that I, I, uh, what was your third point, MJ? Five seconds. <laughs> Anyways, just don't vote for public transportation. It's stupid. Just stop being poor. Get a Tesla. Okay. I, this is great because it's all one-sided, you know? I didn't know if I could interrupt and like, oh, man, it's just one-sided debates. And he's like, you still got like 48 seconds. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean... You guys gotta let us know in the comments who won that sixty-second debate. Um, if good oh, arguments, I remember, oh, I remember the third talk. Dang it, it it's not important. Sorry. Good arguments on both sides. I gotta be honest. Like I, uh, MJ's was more sentimental, where yours was more uh, arithmetic. If if that's if that can work there, yours was more to the point about the point. You know, so really good arguments. Um, me against Van Seal now, MJ. What are we? What are we debating? Work ethic. Okay. Your daily work ethic. Okay. Wait, can you be a little more specific on the topic? Like, what do you mean, like? Was my headset working? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's working. I'm just thinking. Right. <laughs> Are we arguing like hard work over efficiency? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Um, well, you know what? Can I can I make a suggestion? That yes. way we can have a little bit more of a, a, a base. How about we argue, and this is a current topic, like how about we argue about um, the replacement of humans with robots or computers? Deal. Do, do you want to be for or against? Actually, no, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, topic. All right, flip, Sorry, flip, flip a coin. Uh, um, flip a coin, MJ. Heads are, uh, am I calling it? I'll call it uh, Tails. It is heads, I'm sorry. Alright, so do you want to be pro-AI or anti-AI, Van Seal? I'll be pro. You'll be pro? I'll be pro. Okay. I like this one. Alright. Alright. I don't need any time, I'm ready. I'm ready. You can so go first. You can go first. Let me go. Let me know. Three, yeah. two, 
one go. All right, so here's why we gotta replace all you stupid ass humans that are working at these minimum wage jobs. First of all, we don't have to pay robots. We're tired of paying you. We're gonna pay robots. Second of all, you're working in the kitchen. Guess what? You burn your hand. Robot doesn't burn his hand. It's a robot. Doesn't get hurt. Doesn't have feelings. You tell the robot he's sucking at his job. He's not gonna bitch and complain. Guess what? Robots don't need vacation days. They'll never show up to late work. All they take is double A batteries. You know how many double A batteries you could fit in one drawer? <laughs> a lot. A lot of double A batteries. But on top of that, they're more efficient. They're gonna be going 24 hours, and that's gonna motivate you to get a better job. Stop working at these restaurant jobs. We don't need people anymore. It's all about robots. That is the future. Go ahead and watch Terminator 2. You'll be inspired and motivated. <laughs> and he hit all the nails accurately. <laughs> How much time have I got left? You have five seconds. I yield my time. All right. Well, I'll begin here in three, two, one, go. So I disagree. I think that we need to keep humans because not only is it part of like the natural pecking order, not only do you need minimum wage jobs available to the mass public because classes are real. Classes are real. They're, they're subjugated and they're compressed very tightly. It's hard to get out of a class into a new class without phenomenon happening to you. And part of that is because of the structure of these jobs. Um, all bringing in robots to take these minimum wage jobs is going to do is project 50%, 80% of our lower class into more poverty because they're not going to rise above because statistically it just doesn't happen. And AI is always going to be a little bit too dangerous to maintain. Even mechanically, it's going to be too dangerous to maintain as an infrastructure, and that's my time. Terminator 3, Skynet. So let us know who won that debate. Next up is MJ versus Tico. So, Van Seal, what are we debating? Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm gonna go with a less serious one. Let's see. What are we gonna do? I think we're gonna. Mm. Trying to think of a Star Wars one. That way we can keep oh, it. Segue yeah. into Star Wars. Let's see. Uh, what's a good debate? Star Wars. Damn, that's like I know all like the real, world, like heavy topics. I'm trying to come up with a fun <laughs> one right now. Um, I think. Okay. Well, no, that's not. That's that's good. Never mind. That's not a debate. Hey, we're just gonna go Galaxy Heroes. Okay, we're gonna do a stupid easy one. Okay. That works. We're gonna do why you don't need. And MJ knows where I'm going with this. GAC Omis to be successful. Oh, easy. Can I go first? Well, we gotta flip a coin to see who's gonna pick pro or who's gonna be the app and who's gonna be the neg. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, I'll call it in the air, a... I guess. Oh, perfect. Yeah, you do that. I'll go with uh, Tails. Um, I currently have a little Jawa baby in. Okay. Why? Okay. Van Seal's got us. All right, I, I'm I'm flipping the the cap of my camera because I don't currently don't know where All my right. quarters at. I got Tails. All right, All right Tails, right here we go. Super Scott. And it is cannon side up Ted's. So, All right. MJ. Right. Uh, Would you like to be the affirmative or the negative? You want to be for or against? Oh, he's Why? definitely for Gak Omis. 
Why you don't know the, the argument was why you don't need Gakomis. Yeah, so he's he's against. Well, I'm against, yeah. You'll be against? <clears throat> okay, so that means Tico's gonna go first, because the uh you the yeah, and debates the person that's pro is goes first. Easy, yeah, please set me up, man. Set me up. Set me up. Put the All ball right. on the tee for me. I'm walking up like Shohei Otani. Oh, so you don't know what team you're gonna be on, is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Let me get my stopwatch. Uh, appreciate it. Let me know if you need. Let me know if you need a uh, time. Or are you ready, ready to, to go? Fucking rumble, baby. I'm fucking ready right. to go. I'm 60 ready. Seconds, right? Yeah. Sixty. All right. Ready. Set. Go. Because for the life of me, they don't make sense half the time. I'm new to this game, bro. I don't understand it, but I do get. You know, they they help. They help win. Here's the issue with that. Theoretically, we're winning half the time, right? What's one Omicron gonna do when in relation, when in relation, and if you throw it into a territory wars, you throw it on Juhani, it's gonna help the whole club. You're helping the club. I think they're selfish. I think they're egotistical. I think beyond characters like Starkiller, who really beef up with it, I think they're just a waste. I think they're just a waste. You're not selling me on a Chief Chirpa, all right? You're not selling me, MJ. It's not going to happen. Ten seconds. To conclude, I believe that they are selfish. I believe they don't really help in assisting towards win percentage, and I think there's better usage out of it. I'm... That's some good points. MJ, you need time or are you ready? Ready to fire whenever that gun goes off. <laughs> all right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Well, it's interesting that all of those opinions just happen to be false. Listen, here in GAC, where you earn crystals when you win, it matters in kind of that aspect. So, when you need, let's say, that Qui Gon, that get out of jail free card to go ahead and just have Anakin nuke a whole team without question because you need it to happen, it gets the job done. <laughs> now, GAC and TW are two different game modes. The topic is GAC here. Now, it is so much fun when teams win or even hold because of said Omicrons. Like, let's talk about Ben. You cannot fight with Sith Eternal Emperor against Rey with Ben. It's just not a thing. I would like to see you... Anyways, back on track. Gak Omis is where the crystals are. You get the crystals to help TW. You help your guild. It's not egotistical. You think of yourself to help your guild. It's one Ten for seconds. all, all four. Boom. Done. I'm taking his last four seconds because I, I'm, I'm requesting an overtime here. I didn't, give me 30 seconds. Alright, 30 second, 30 second rebuttal. Go. Listen, man. Listen. How do you feel when you win a, a shitty round of GAC because ooh, you, you used an Omicron? You're sitting there just clicking. How do you feel when you win in territory wars because you got a huge hold? Maybe you bled four attacks. Maybe it maybe they couldn't get past it in the first place. You go fucking crazy. Not only you go crazy, 49 other people go crazy for you. The crowd goes wild. No one cares about Grand Arena Omicrons, man. No one cares about Grand Arena Omicrons. They're sexy, but there's nothing there. Buddy, he roasted me. Slow They are girlfriend material. They are not wifey material. Facts. Come on now. All right. 
Nice. Good points. Good rebuttal. I'm not hating on the Qui-Gon Omicron, though. And that, that's a good way to segue into Qui-Gon Jinn and the Phantom Menace. Let us know who won that debate if you're into the Squiggo. Um, if you're not into the Squiggo, let us know who who looked more impassioned about it. You know what I'm saying? So... Today we're going to be diving into the prequel trilogy, which I believe is, uh, it's got to be my generation's first trilogy of Star Wars. I know Van Seal saw the OT before, um, Lucky Duck. In the 90s when they re-released it. I wasn't, yeah. I'm not that old, but yeah. <laughs> Van Seal's 45, right? He, he looks oh, yeah. great. He looks good, though. <laughs> Hence the hat, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and which you can find that hat at SoticoMerch.com. Anyways, today we're talking about the prequels, and in my estimations, they're probably the most hated on, like genuinely hated on. Not the fake hate that the sequels get. Sequels get hate because, like, we don't fuck they with them. Talk. I suck. The Last Jedi freaking sucks, man. But... Visually, it's great. <laughs> Story-wise, it's dog water. Like, I, I am a man enough to admit. Like, hey, the hey, hey, like, hey, hey, hey. Is... That, is, that is disrespectful towards dog water. <laughs> man. Listen, it's visually Sorry, great. Sorry, it's dog it's shit. Cinematic. Yeah, but and they... I was thinking about that, though, man. Like sure. a camera scene with no words, it's great. So add words and it's just if I want a screensaver, I'm putting on The Last Jedi. <laughs> if I'm trying to watch a movie, I watch episodes mm -hmm. one through seven and nine. Because I watched episode nine. It was fun. It was good, man. I, I to that it was movie. good. Seven, good. Nine, good. Seven is good. Everything it's nine, like nine it, it's like the bridge in between know, is made out of Q tips. Nine, nine. Well, that's the thing. It's like you can have a good starting point, but like nine is just like I can't watch nine because I know where it goes and I don't like where it goes. Same. Like I, I mean, I, I'm invested in the characters, but I don't like the way they all end up. I don't like where everyone. I don't like where everyone's like. <laughs> end in okay, the so ep episode seven okay. is when you're getting to the club with your friends. You know, you're having a great time. The vibe is good. Music is good. Lights are nice. Lights are great. Lights is fantastic. The light show, my God. Buck wild. And that parlays into episode eight, you know? The lights are still great, but then the music's great, but the people, they're just not great. The right. They're the, they're the same people that take public transportation. <laughs> and then there's drama going on in the friend group uh, because someone said something that didn't even equate. And then you get to episode nine and you're chilling in a pizza place with half the friend group because the other half got pissed and stormed out. That is yeah. the sequel trilogy. And the issue yeah. is people hate on it, but it's not organic hate like the sequel or the prequel. Sorry. The sequel trilogy got hated on in an unorganic way compared to the prequels. The prequels were getting... They get hated on to this day, but there's more of a rotation of love coming towards them with the additives of Kenobi, with the additives of the Clone Wars. 
but forever in a day i remember before 2015 if someone said oh are you a star wars fan you said no because of how much star wars got hated on i do have a point uh so you said like so i'm gonna chime in there and say i your mic's You're kind of in, in and out. out. You're cutting in and out. Silly goose. Um, oh, it's the fan, huh? Yeah. All right, hold on. Test. You're good. You're good. You're good. So when the point where you were talking about additives, I feel the love quote marks um, are forced love for the prequels. You know, the sequels came out and people turned back to the most recent trilogy that True. being the prequels. And they compared the two and were like, this is just better. Just, I guess, naturally saying that just, even though like some people, uh, like the mass hate that the prequels got was like the dialogue. I don't like sand and, you know, Misa, Duncan and all that nine yards. I feel like it's forced love personally, but everybody's different. You know what I mean? Like you feel like the additives from Kenobi and such were what gave the prequels some love in which I'm not saying that it's not, you know what I mean? Like we got the saw Qui-Gon again. Hell yeah, dude. Like. But the thing, with, the thing with the prequels, though, is, like, even before Episode 3 came out, we had so much content for the prequels in terms of video games. Yeah. We had the original We had the original Clone Wars, made by the Samurai Jack people. Yeah. Um, the first George Battlefront. Lucas, George, the first Battlefront. Like, we had we had so much, like, back, things at back, because I never hated the prequels. I was like, dude, the prequels are amazing, and then we have all this extra stuff to, like, dive deeper into it. So I mean, much we had a whole extra. Django... We had a Django Fett game for crying out loud. Yeah. If you, and th this is all, I mean, we had an episode three, which is also really good. And like all these things happen within like a couple of years. You look at where this, you look at where the sequels are. You're talking about 2015. I hate to say this, but two years from now is going to be the 10th anniversary for The Force Awakens. And look how much content we've gotten for the sequel trilogy. It's like if I feel like if Disney really believed in their sequel trilogy, they would have doubled down and released like other content. Because I mean, we don't even have that much Star Wars content to begin with, other than the stuff on Disney Plus or Galaxy of Heroes, and that's kind of it. We get like one game every couple of years, but I mean, like, there's no mm -hmm. sequel trilogy content that we've gotten. I like, there's just five things off of my fingers that's Resistance for sort of related with content in the games that we've gotten. Maybe six, adding one extra finger. Starting with. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like 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 we have characters in a game. I'm talking about like it's only the sequels. Like we had we had a Clone Wars game on the GameCube yeah, back in the day. We had a Clone Wars show. I mean, yes, we got Resistance, like that the Star Wars. Resistance anime show, but it was resistance. It's that's bad. It. That's it. Yeah, they don't have they don't have a game that's just like we're gonna focus on the sequel era. They don't have anything in, in that area, and I feel like it's because they even know they're that they failed. Like if you just look at the numbers, how much money they made, they know that it just wasn't that great. And, like they didn't develop yeah. a strong enough backstory. Like we know, like the base people you know what i mean like the first order and the resistance but i feel like they didn't dive too much in like george lucas did like in his imagination everybody had a backstory yeah. and some but i feel like with disney and the resistance and first order it's just oh it's these guys yeah it's just these yeah. guys bro imagine <laughs> what it was like in 1977 you come out of that movie theater and you're like holy shit what are these visuals laser I... swords <laughs> even story-wise bro like you uh... I wish my dad was still alive so I could ask him what he was thinking because he went and yeah. saw it on his sweet 16. He saw Star Damn. Wars. 
it came out literally on his birthday so i'm curious awesome. especially even after the first three movies because i don't think the first book came out for five years after the last movie and of course you had like the the christmas special the <laughs> old God, school yeah. shows like ewoks um there's even a couple of movies too i think there's a couple of ewok movies but yeah i'm just curious right like they had to have been driven by fan fictions which i think is what made the prequels kind of come back to life so to speak in the past five to ten years is just the amount of it really i mean youtube in general and its evolution towards content like that where you're starting to make fan fictions and you, you talk about things with your friends like oh what if this happened what if that happened and i think that is what truly brought back the prequels and what kind of made the sequels so tantalizing because this was the first time that our generation was like actually active in act discourse about star wars while it's being released and you can get that emotional conversation going with somebody that you can just dive into it become super comfortable and just create narratives yeah absolutely i totally agree because as kids you're just like oh he's sick he has a sick lightsaber but as adults like you're diving into the art you're diving into the spectrum of it and you're not just picking out a color you're picking out shades and that's why i think star wars is so beautiful is because all three of us have different opinions on the same characters you know we all hold people separate we all hold them as our favorites our least favorites what movies we like what shows we hate i think that's really cool and it's one of those art forms that can actually grab you by the horns and pull you in a certain direction where it's pulling someone else a complete opposite direction there's not a lot of art forms that are like that and it's cool that we can have this active discourse about it because we don't share opinions and i think when you share opinions on art you're really taking away from not only the experience of enjoying it but you're taking away from the art itself because you're taxing it on its ability to create so i think it's cool absolutely man yeah it's uh it's it's definitely something we'll never see again for sure i don't think anything can repeat star wars or even copy star wars it's so like it's just its own thing mm-hmm so as the the sequels are coming out say like episode five uh episode seven um it comes out in 2015 that's yep. 10 years after the last episode right which Correct. is revenge of the sith you and you have to just think revenge of the sith probably carried star wars up, up until clone wars came out so yes yeah definitely it definitely uh did a lot of the heavy lifting but um and then when clone wars came out then you have more context and it's like now everyone thinks episode one's the best now people think episode two's the best and it's mm -hmm. just like it's just because we have so much more information and i think george like i feel like like as as an audience member i feel like we're just too stupid for george's like greatness like we didn't understand how amazing these movies actually are because 
we need to get spoon fed seven seasons of an animated show <laughs> you know it's like in order to understand oh, no. and appreciate how amazing it actually is it's like oh, oh no. <laughs> so i mean yeah i mean we'll never have another george lucas and uh, you know i mean no, as, we can only as try. much dave dave filoni can try to learn and you know learn from him and try to replicate it but i think even he knows he should not try to be george because you like, can't be everybody's yeah. different their yeah you can't fill his shoes right yeah but um but yeah no episode three definitely carried before uh before we got Clone Wars and before we got, uh, you know, Rebels. Even Rebel. that's the other crazy part, too. Like, even some of the Star Wars mediums that don't take place directly in Clone Wars add to Clone Wars. It's, like, it's crazy. It's just crazy how much love and, like, treatment the prequels got. Revenge of the Sith starts off with such a banger, you know? The music, the yeah. space battle, it's just, it's just great. So, MJ, what do you think about the... What do you think just about the brilliance of George and an understudy like Dave? Obviously, we can't fill his shoes, but just in terms of imaginations and things, do you th do you think anyone will ever just come around and make something that trumps everything that we've ever... Because something can come out and have the literal potential to be the best medium of Star Wars ever because in my estimations, Andor came out and was everything i've ever wanted in a star wars project and really? yeah you can you can say i i think it's the best i think the andor is the best additive to the canon that there's ever been what's it's just a whole it's a huge comfort controversial topic for sure meaning like this could go on for an hour if we let it right um the one thing i just want to get off my chest is the last everything projects from disney have all been controversial mm -hmm. right i mean i i want to say probably the same with george lucas as well right like there's always one person that you just will not please you know what i mean it's just the way of life but um when it comes with Disney and their stuff, um, it seems like it's mostly controversial. That's fair. Is enjoyment. Like, you would get, like, 30% enjoyment, and then, like, 70% is just controversial. You don't see the magic in it anymore. So, like, like I said, this can go on for so long. Like, for me, and this is what you also said for prior, like, all three of us have different opinions. So, taking Andor as the prime example on the pedestal, I enjoyed Andor for its dialogue, not for its cinematics or for its... I mean, okay, yeah, I did enjoy it for its cinematics. It's still Star Wars, but for the dialogue and uh they uh sorry the action i despised the uh cinematics and the dialogue i thoroughly enjoyed super fair super fair i do and maybe to me it's different than a than a clone wars right uh clone wars uh, as the prequels lifter unit so to say i think that clone wars was a brilliance in it of itself because every episode it wasn't just an episode of a TV show every episode was someone inking something new into canon 
some yes. new character, some new planet, some new conflict, some new battle. To add yeah. to that, I really like the the overall concept of the Clone Wars. So if you watch like early interviews of like I think it was like 2006, 2007 is when they first started doing it. Like George's vision for the Clone Wars was he wants to give his audience the quality of a Star Wars movie but he wants to compress it in like a 20 30 minute episode like a Saturday morning cartoon episode and it's mm -hmm. like that's first of all that's really hard to do second of all like the fact that they're able to do it is just like insane like just like it's like it's real like because like the, the quality like I don't want to say like there's certain shows are better than others but just like I feel like the budget and investment they put in the show without knowing how big or successful is going to be, I think was like pretty ambitious. Mm -hmm. I, I got one thing to say. I mean, so the statement, uh, you know, there will never be another George Lucas is both, I think, correct and incorrect. Right. And here's my like factors about it. Like George is George. You know what I mean? He's the one who developed and imagined Star Wars and mm -hmm. this whole universe with its backstory. And I'm going to use Lord of the Rings as another example. J.R.R. Tolkien took Lord of the Rings in his brain and his imagination and created this whole backstory. So, I mean, if we were going to say for a person of that talent to be on the staff of Star Wars, would you like people are putting, for example, Filoni, people are saying like that person's that person, that person's Filoni. But I mean, he he created Ahsoka. Cool. That's one person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he created more. I think he made Chopper and the Rebels, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it's all a team at the same time, too. Like, how many dudes are rocking up to Lucasfilm with a sick idea for a character, you know? But I'm sure he was tasked like... Who made Dirge. <laughs> Who's that? I think Van Seal knows. You know who Dirge is? Who's Dirge? <laughs> no, seriously, Diggle, you don't know who Dirge is? Wait till you hear this. Who's Dirge? Do I gotta look this up? Yeah. How do you not know who Dirge is, bro? I thought D you knew as much as you know. D-U-R-G-E. D-U-R-G-E. Star Wars. Yep, it says it right there. Boom. Dude is like, basically like if you got Venom, Predator, <laughs> Mandalorian, Bounty Hunter, and roll it all up into one, that's kind of him. The no. legend of Dirge. <laughs> no, dude. dude, he's crazy. He dude. almost killed Kenobi. And Anakin. And Annie, yeah, dude. Like, it's yeah. crazy. They couldn't uh, kill they... him. They never one reason never heard of a Dirge. <laughs> the only way Anakin killed him was by throwing him into a sun. Yep. So, I mean, uh, the only statement I have to add is, uh, spoiler warning. I mean, it's not a spoiler spoiler. It was a in the trailer. Uh, there is a species person uh, someone part of his species in the new star wars jedi survivor game but he's not like dirge That's <laughs> yeah he's a bitch he's a bitch yeah he's a, he's a okay. fucking bitch <laughs> yeah never dirge heard of the guy is, yeah dirge is that nightmare from an animated tv show but because it's animated he doesn't feel like a nightmare but if you really think about it it's nightmare. Dude, he's like He's you a don't kill him. He's a big you lad. You cannot kill him. Yeah. He is literally insane. Like, like I what's think he in? Favorite... <clears throat> he's in the OG Clone Wars, like the ones from Samurai Jack. Um, okay. He's in the Doctor. He's in the War of the Bounty Hunters and Doctor Afro comics. So he's canon now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite moments is when he. Uh, I forget <laughs> who he's fighting, but like, 
he literally is like fighting somebody next to the volcano and then he drowns them in the lava like and he's willing to burn off his own arms while he's drowning them That's and i'm so like crazy and then, like and, then, and then when he wins when he wins all he does is he digs a hole in the ground buries himself alive so he can like rest and heal and i'm just <laughs> yeah. like I gotta try that one these days. I mean, genius, bro. See if it works. In I'm just mad yeah. that his name is Dirge. Like, I mean, I think it's a cool name. He doesn't look like his name is Dirge. That's what I'm saying. Like what does he look like? A Jim? Like or, or no. a Brian? Or like, he looks Kevin? like. He looks <laughs> like, like a. He looks like a Decepticon. Under the first picture, look the animated pic. Oh, that's not there anymore. He looks like a that. Decepticon. The, all right, so you see the 2D Clone Wars dirge to your left? Yeah. No, not that one. That one. The one under. That the one, one under. This one. That one. What would you name him if you were the creator? I want to know. He looks like a Decepticon, bro. I mean, he's not going to be named Decepticon. <laughs> he's got the same color palette as Megatron. I wouldn't yes. name him Dirge. <laughs> like... yeah, dirge. <laughs> so what would you name him? Uh, like... Uh... Derek. <laughs> like Freelank. Freelank or something. He looks like a Freelank. 100% Freelank. His name is Dirge. Yeah, his name is fucking Dirge. His name is Dirge. Moving on. Great topic. Beyond the point, though, I just think having, a, having the optimal creativity the optimal love for the craft i think you need to be passionate about something that you're working on they keep hiring outside people where the cool thing about the george's uh, trilogies beyond the original and mostly about the prequel he used the same people the same people were involved in all of them he didn't need to go outside, and when he did, he went to... Crazy. What happens when you, when you plan a trilogy? Yeah. Crazy. The furthest outside he went was to Steven Spielberg, you know, who's worked with him forever. And even then, that's not even outside. That's like his, like, not literal, but like his metaphorical next-door neighbor. I mean, they did Indiana Same. Jones. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah. Every, E.T., everything. E.T., yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Although Kathleen Kennedy was also an ET, just saying, just in case you guys didn't know that she was. I think she's involved. good, just she's in the wrong role. Nah, I don't think she should be anywhere near them roles. Well, she has it. Like she's got a track record, so obviously she there's does. something there. But the I just think she's in she's, the wrong she's role. She's in her she's in her fuck it stage of her life right now. I think this is the record. Yeah, but just think, it's like, she was creative enough to put those projects out, work on the projects as they were. Yeah. And I think she's still that creative mind, just, and I'm not, I'm not. She's catering to the wrong I, audience is what she's doing. Exactly. She's, she's like, she, she doesn't people. know the side of business to where she can. It's not even business. It's realism. So. The thing with George and the difference between George and Kathleen is in all seven or oh, sorry, all six of George's movies have a life lesson individually to each episode. The last three do the F not. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, they do. They do not. They, yeah, they, they do. Don't, don't go to the movie theater anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking after I saw episode nine. I was like, you know what's funny? Uh, not being, I, I think they do. Theater, but like, I think they have a life like, lesson. But like, I, 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 I do this thing with my family where like, I go, so when a Star Wars movie comes out, I see it like three or four times in theaters. Yep. Did, did it with episode seven. Did it with episode eight. Episode nine, I only saw in theaters once. <laughs> you said I didn't. I was like, I saw that and I was like, good. I can check that box and I can move on with my life. But like, yeah, no, I don't know, man. Just, they just gotta figure, they gotta figure stuff out before they start pumping out movies again. Yeah, and I think that just comes with having the right people in the right places to curve that creativity. Um,. Yeah, and I think truly, you, my overall point was, you need to have passionate people in charge of this stuff. You can't come from the outside and expect them Agreed. to understand the magic of what's all going on here. Agreed. And just because somebody is a great and talented director, like Robert Rodriguez, like I didn't know Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez directed one of my love childhood movies spy kids but he did a mando episode as well and yeah i i mean that episode wasn't particularly my favorite i'm just saying um you you need some which episode which episode was mando was it uh i think it was in season two i'll google it right now i think it's hilarious though how we do pick and choose episodes of things and we pick them out and be like, ah, oh, that part sucked. Is that us just picking out that part in the overall story that sucks? Or is it the episode not going to the right cadence? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, because the, I mean, the whole collective is the story. So if you're picking out, like, is that the exact same thing of saying, oh, my early 20s sucked? Absolutely. Because I think, um, I think uh, like, especially nowadays, like, you know these uh, streaming sh uh, shows that they have like a they have like a format now usually they're limited to like eight episodes sometimes six episodes and if they're generous like 10 episodes a season so like and they announced that right um you know before if you look at like clone wars and other shows like they would have like 12 13 14 15 16 they would have like a much longer season now they're giving you there's a weird format the, well their format is we're going to feed you less that way we can make more for later. Like, I, you know what I mean? They're trying to they're trying to they're trying to keep it easy on the writers. That's why when you have a filler episode, I get pissed because I'm like, well, I'm wasting my time. Like I'm expecting and you know, if I'm expecting a uh, you know, a five course meal, um, my appetizer better not be like something that's like microwavable, you know what I mean? Like something mm -hmm. I can just do myself. Like that's easy. But you know, I think with filler episodes or certain parts of an episode that sucks, I think I think nitpicking it is actually like fine i think that's natural because like i want a good season i want like and you know i'm not gonna get into the whole like writing isn't what it used to be but i mean like sometimes we have these shows where there's the filler episodes it's like you don't have to watch any of it like there's there's literally nothing that add the value that adds to the story the characters or world building or anything so i think when part of an episode sucks i mean you gotta call them out and let them know that it sucks because it's like you know at the end of the day um you know, like with food product, you know, you, there's there's taste testers that taste everything that, you know, we buy and eat. And it's like, I feel like sometimes Disney is serving us stuff without taste testers. Like they're just giving us the content. We're like, dude, this is awful. We give it back. And then it's still awful. It's like they're not they're not getting it. Truth. So, it's 
truth I wanted to, to add that uh, Robert Rodriguez, he directed chapter 14, episode 6 of season 2. And he gave us the Dark Troopers. And uh, just learning that... Okay, uh, that one. Yeah, I, I kind of like him for that, even though he's an outside person of the project. Mm -hmm. it, he, he he wasn't no JJ... Uh, no, no... Uh, and you know what I mean with episode eight. And you said he did Spy Kids. He, I enjoyed Spy Kids. I know which Spy Kids did he do? I think he did all three, but I don't know. Okay, dude, imagine if he replaced the Dark Troopers with Thumb Thumbs. <laughs> My childhood. I think they're actually doing another Spy Kids movie. That'd be crazy. I saw like a poster for something Spy Kids where they I'm not sure if it's a show or movie. But I saw that the other day. And I was like, huh. And then I kind of just didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, no, he did them all. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. See, another thing. That's why I think the prequels were goaded. They were done by the same cat. And I think that's what they should have done with the was a sequels. Or not sequels, sorry. The uh, OG, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, the obvious point is, like, they all still, like, it's just in, it's in nature, like, to have pros and cons, like, you can't be perfect, I'm sorry, you can't, like, no. George busted out the original trilogy, and I guarantee you 50% of, or I don't know the actual math, but one person at least walked out of that theater on opening night and was like, this shit sucked, and then mm -hmm. the rest were like, this was awesome, and yeah and that person grew up alone and never had friends for the rest of their life and then the 40 year old virgin movie was born <laughs> i mean uh, you can't look more critically hated on besides the phantom menace right and the phantom menace was in my estimations like the most impactful movie that star wars made Apart from obviously a new hope since it was the first and that's because it had a so much to follow So there was pressure upon it B it was the creation of a whole new time period in the galaxy and C You have the advancement of technology. How are you going to use that to your advantage? And how are you going to pull back from overdoing it? And I mean that's science fiction, you know, yeah, yeah. it's all storytelling Mm -hmm. It's very rare that you get things that are as strong as a Star Wars, and they're strong for a reason, because they they last due to the overall quality of the story. So more than anything, of course it's the effects, but you look at the actors, no one knew these people before they were in the movies, really. And if they were, this is the biggest thing that they've ever done. And it's the best thing that they've ever done. Hayden Christensen like was fairly freaking new. Ewan oh, was yeah. seasoned, but this was a absolute stellar performance. Like, I don't think he's ever bought into a character more than he has. And then Liam Neeson is iconic as fuck for the character because he was the first Jedi since Luke Skywalker. You know? The... the fans have seen and he was the main character of the first movie back from the originals so it's a very very iconic movie there's a lot yeah, that I goes mean, in there 
There's a lot of people out there that prefer Qui-Gon to be their favorite uh, character. I mean, I have mine. Qui-Gon's my second in Star Wars lore. Just the way that his wisdom reached out and like how much of like a parental figure he was without like actually trying to be. It really hit, you know? Just, it's Liam. It he is. He had a voice that was soothing and just like... <laughs> a presence. I hope you don't die. <laughs> what the fuck happens? He... <laughs> I won't say where I got Qui-Gon all time, but I will say it in my upcoming video, my top 10 Star Wars characters. Very excited for that one. I feel like you can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to ask twice, three times, four times. Is he number six? Qui-Gon? Yes. Oh, he's, he's probably top five. Easy. Yeah. I like me some Qui-Gon Jin, and I love that we're getting spoon-fed Qui-Gon content right now <laughs> we're getting spoon-fed multiple books he's in a he's in Tales of the Jedi he's in Kenobi I want to go I want to go early doors Qui-Gon I don't want to go force ghost Qui-Gon I, 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 yeah because I like the mysticism of his encounter he looks like Shaggy yeah Jedi yeah I was something else dude even dooku man there's a whole ass show there waiting it really is like there's there's so many projects that they could hit on the nail that'd be right for me and my what i want right so like what i want is like tales of the jedi padawan qui-gon and jedi dooku that being a show i want vader not like so like the whole total runtime of vader and his costume pre-kenobi is 34 minutes in the whole original trilogy 34 minutes of vader nerd man Dooku? that's not enough man that like he has so much the marvel comics of vader literally told so much it made dr afra a pivotal character she's the one who made padme look pregnant during her funeral so that the empire slash inquisitors would not look for anakin said kids you know like so the comics are pretty nice i'm not gonna lie like i love comics more than yeah, I do I book books, but uh, yeah. And then I'll come right over. Do you want know to think they should start doing with this? I think they need to stop naming shows after the character. I agree. Because you Boba, you look at a new you look at a new hope. It's not the Kenobi season two. It's, it's literally a statement for the episode. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? It's literally that, like a new hope, Luke, a Revenge of the Sith. It's Emperor yeah, Palpatine. Uh, yeah, Ep Return of the Jedi, Luke. Yeah, exactly, and it's not like oh, Luke, Episode Six. It's not the Mandalorian season one. Of course, his name is Din, but everyone calls him Mando. Yeah, I know. Like, like I've always been like, like, why do they do that? Like, like he's literally surrounded by thirty Mandalorians, and they say, "Hey, Mando, he's the only one that turns around." It's like, it's like, just like a racial slur, and like only having one person turn around. Like, he's like, "Huh? You say my name?" Oh my god! Did you say my name? I've never just said that. Like, <laughs> the room full of Mandos. Hey, Mando. <laughs> what? It would have been comedy Whoa. if the first time he's there and someone calls him that, like everyone just looks like, oh, it didn't. So what you, you call me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
30 mando. 30 room full of 30 mandos is just one person. So dumb, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I never, I never got that part. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Someone's gonna listen to that clip, and they're gonna, in the next season, be like, "Why the fuck did everyone call you Mando, not everyone else?" <laughs> I new age Star Wars, bro, is something else. Dude. I'm about this life. And you know the funniest yeah, part about I'm it just... is too is yeah. he's a foundling. He's not even Mandalorian. No, he's a foundling. <laughs> so it's like, he's, so he's not even. Man... I don't even want to get into that show, man. It's just, we're not going that way. <laughs> like I said, I can make that show make no sense in about five seconds. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you know that bird? Yeah, they always get away. <laughs> next, next episode is a Mandalorian deep dive. All right, oh, no, oh, no. let's go. No, 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 no. But, oh man. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm a, I'm a thorough fan of trying to make characters out to be more than just a, a name. Not characters, but shows. Make shows about more than just being a name. Because man, it just, you saddlebag it. You saddlebag it. What's it? The the title, the the book cover, it all matters. It all really matters because you're telling the dichotomy of the beginning of the story just with the name. So get rid of the Obi-Wans. Get rid of the Ahsokas and the Mandalorian. <laughs> Name, I swear, next if they if they do Mando season four and it says the Mandalorian, I better see all of them on that cover, yeah. all of them on the poster, all, every single one of them. Why not the Mandalorians? Literally, just add an S to it, because then you can talk about Bo-Katan, and it won't nah, be nah, weird. Nah, 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 you know, I gotta, I gotta talk to you from the higher. Ups. It's like Vikings. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. That one letter is eighty G's. Get to it. So MJ, episode one, you got your uh, your points. That's funny because I see it's titled Tico. <laughs> <laughs> no, MJ's doing Phantom Menace. All right, uh, Phantom Menace, <laughs> the political allegory. No, no. I'm doing the Phantom <laughs> Menace. Van Seal will be holding down the attack of the oh, clones. My bad. <laughs> I didn't mean to. No, I wasn't trying to punch you. I literally just brain farted. Yeah, no, you're doing episode three. That's right. That's right. That's right. My bad. And hey, Revenge of the Sith. That, that Mando, that Mando comment just like, it, it, it flipped my brain. I was just like, oh. So here we go. So part of the Phantom Menace that I found intriguing was the overall world building. You got to see things that you couldn't see in the originals, and those include a plethora of politics, because I think you get one, or you get two mentions of the Imperial Senate. One of them, Leia is a member of, and two is Tarkin abolishing it. That's it. That's as far as the Senate really goes. With the Phantom Menace, you get to see the ins and outs of what it was like pre-Empire. It's a different government, you know? So people are acting different. I think I need to re-see the scenes that you're talking about. So, like, the only ones that are really, like, entering my brain are 
you know, when Captain Panaka is talking to the dude that looks like Jesus, not Jesus, but like Thor or something, he's bald. And he, like, the negotiations were cut short. Like, I felt like episode two and three were more political than episode one was. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, fair. This just set the stage for those politics. Yeah. It kind of like, told the story of what it is. Yeah. Like, especially with the, the scene with Sheev talking to a little Priyani. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I see your future. Like, I fucking destined it all. <laughs> yeah, you get to see the Trade Federation conflict. Um, what's going on at the time in the universe with the democracy of the uh, the Senate, and it's it's nice to get those early doors notions because it is a very contrasting government than a impractical dictatorship. You know what I mean? I am Jay, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It just tells the story. It tells a story quite nice and that's what i loved uh, i loved how they they pitted the trade federation instantly as the bad guys you know they were housing the blockade they were holding down naboo and instantly you what do you do in the first five minutes of star wars you meet your enemy you meet your main characters you understand the plot of the movie why they're there and what they're doing and that literally happens before you even whip out a lightsaber um you add in all that action that happens you meet more characters you meet new worlds new places um it's just so much for the lore and it tells the entirety of the story yeah I, I agree, man. It's, it's uh, pretty much ground zero for a lot of things. And it's not, yeah, for sure. Including the Jedi Council and their... At this point, you know that the Jedi fail. So you can start to pick out those flaws instantly. Flaws such as like skewed beliefs and the way that they pigeonholed each other and the quote-unquote commitment to the order um this you get to see how they feel about attachment how they feel about family um taking kids away from their parents so early like everything that the jedi did inevitably was a reason why they failed because they grew a very strong sense of power and that want for the power but they were kind of lost in their own philosophies that they saw their actions as moral and okay when they directly go against what they actually wanted um and a example of that is when jedi would ever have a internal conflict or an internal discussion or discourse going on they would never put out how they really felt about it they put out how the order would more appreciate upholding certain standards especially with anakin skywalker which was so fucking weird and the weirdest part of this movie is when here comes this jedi who's been in the temple for 50 60 years and he's telling you 
through my studies, everything I've ever looked on, everything I've ever looked into, everything tells me that this kid right here is the chosen one. He's going to fulfill the prophecy. We need to train him, adopt him into the Jedi. They look at that guy that's put 55, 60 years into being a Jedi, and they say, you're wrong. We're not doing it. We don't believe you. So inevitably, the Jedi Council treated Qui-Gon like shit because they didn't believe in him. And that's a shitty place to be, for sure. I, I mean, I, to talk about Qui-Gon, I feel like Qui-Gon reached a point in his brain where he was wanting to reach out more and the Jedi Council wanted to be restricted. And that it was the same thing with Dooku. Dooku wanted to reach out more in the terms of Jedi. So I don't I don't know if this is a point in the podcast, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start tiptoeing on it now. The Jedi were not the police as interpreted in the uh, the prequels. You know what I mean? In the prequels, they were president presented as the police. You know, with no state, uh, just Jedi of whatever you know coruscant you know they're just a jedi the name is just the base it's jedi mm -hmm. when you get to like episode six with luke and stuff like that that's when you're more so reaching or even like with ahsoka in this more recent episodes <laughs> like they are the peacekeepers they are basically the police but without a state you know what i mean the movies that we got they represented them as basically the police of x planet you mm -hmm. know And the way that they adopted that was brilliant for the world building. Because prior, you just didn't have that understanding. Um, and uh, part of the chosen one philosophy that I always was like, damn, that that's more that's more than what it seems is you are the inevitable one that's going to bring the ultimate vision to the order and that's a vision of everyone having the best will and the best faith in the force no dark side exists it's simply just all about the light and the good and when they put all their eggs in this one basket it was inevitable that the pressure of that is going to supersede anything and what happened with Anakin was just tragic in that sense because he was destined to do one thing, but he quite literally did the other. And it's really sad stuff, man. Great story, though. And that's why I love The Phantom Menace. <laughs> nice. So I guess uh, I will start going with my talking points on Attack of Clones. Um... Which actually I think is my favorite uh, prequel movie. Um, so one of the things the Attack, Attack of the Clones does so well is, um, and it does this right off the bat, is we get to start to see the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, we don't get really any of that in episode one because one Anakin's too young and Obi-Wan is kind of like a mean older brother and doesn't really want him around, but... Um, you get to see that like in that elevator scene where he's all nervous about Padme and they're joking about 
stuff that they've done, just hanging out, just, you know, they go to a bar together, too. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so, um, so the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, building that, I think, is, yeah, I think they did a really good job doing that in Attack the Clones. Um, the other thing I that I really like, and this is probably my favorite part about Attack the Clones, is Attack the Clones is like the calm before the storm. Well, remember, I remember watching it when it first came out, you know, without Clone Wars giving us any context. Um, I was always like, dude, who's this Sifo Dias guy? Who ordered the clones? Like, yep. like Dooku's literally telling Obi-Wan about all these crazy things about what's going on. And like, Obi-Wan's like, that's not true. And I'm just like, and, it's, and we all know at this point, we're all like, okay, Palpatine's probably, you know, the Emperor. I mean, we all can put two and two together, but we're like, dude, how does this all work? Like... It's like a scatter plot with no data. It's like it makes no sense. And then obviously when we get Clone Wars, we get all these crazy backstories. Attack of the Clones is like this crazy, like it almost feels like a crime slash mystery thriller in my opinion, because like it just like there's so much mystery. Like like when Yoda says the Clone Wars has begun, the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen, like it is the Shroud of the Dark Side has covered everyone. Like everyone's blind to it. Like nobody knows Palpatine is everywhere you know he is in every shadow he is manipulating literally everybody and everything and like it's awesome. really cool to see that in the clone wars because you're just like yeah and then on top of that the other thing i like in the clone wars is you know when um when the prequel started there's a lot of like um they had to reiterate a lot of things so like the battle droids were the new stormtroopers and obviously getting b2s and you know it was really cool in clone wars but like i meant clone wars, attack of the clones but um the cool thing about attack of the clones is um you get to see a lot of like original trilogy characters start to pop up so we get to see boba fett and we learn a little bit about him and uh we get to see his dad and slave one comes back and i mean uh, we have bounty hunters involved, just like Empire Strikes Back. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool elements that I really enjoy out of Empire Strikes Back. And Attack of the Clones, it doesn't feel like the good guys win, either. Like, Obi-Wan's all cut up, Anakin loses an arm, and his pride, um, and he gets married. I, I count that as a loss as well. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it feels like it. there's a lot of similarities and parallelisms to empire strikes back which is really really like like what i just i don't know i really like attack of the clones also um as a side note um attack of the clones is probably my favorite most convoluted assassination attempt ever <laughs> because it is palpatine telling Dooku to I kill Padme, and then Dooku tells Jango to kill Padme, and then Jango tells Zam to kill Padme, then Zam tells a droid to kill Padme, to when that droid tells some bugs to kill Padme, <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't work out. Of course but... not. one <laughs> fucking <laughs> Oh, dude, that meme is so great. Bro. But it's just like a... <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> for how goofy that is, how genius of it is... How I genius agree. is it for Palpatine? How yes. genius yeah. is it? The 10-hitman assassination. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, it, 
Bro is I, I don't know what happened. Like, you no that, is called, that is called a pyramid scheme right that. there. Yeah, hundred percent. Dude, that's like how do you kill someone without getting caught? You go kill like you know, it, it, it's it's kind of funny. It's like it's like that game telephone. Like, what if they killed the wrong person? They're like, wait, I thought you told me to kill this. No, I told you to kill that person. Yeah, but he told me to kill that person, and it just got all the thing about it too is you have to think they're they're human beings they're sentient beings they need possessions they need shelter like they're probably doing all this shit for money as well like even dooku with palpatine like palpatine's probably sliding dooku six hundred thousand credits for every successful thing that he does and he's accruing all I mean, that wealth that was, and power he was he was a rich mall effort he yeah really was. and just that's that, i think that's how he gets his money he got his money, I think, just naturally, like just from birth. Like he was part of like a royal family, hence the name Count. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because like his Sith name was Darth Tyrannus, and then he reverted to. Well, I think I think Tyrannus was more like a, like more of an alias. I mean, dude, I much prefer the name Darth Tyrannus to Count Dooku. Yeah, because Count Dooku like, was his like public profile. Yeah, and that even Sidious called him Dooku. Yeah. Like the separatists all called him. I think he just called him, like like Darth Tyrannus was him going incognito. I've yeah. literally only heard the name Darth Tyrannus like twice. I think a couple like, times. Yeah. Because like yeah, because he's only Darth Tyrannus around people who then know that Palpatine. Don't know who he's Dooku. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they don't know that he's a fucking Sith uh, apprentice. It's, it's it's crazy. It's, it goes deep. Like Wat Tambor only knows Count Dooku is Count Dooku. Yep. Also, shout out to Wat Tambor, my boy. R nine. <laughs> Which to be no, to be fair, they that crew of the leaders, they all probably know that he's Tyrannus, because Django knows wow. he's Tyrannus. No, it's Dooku. They know Dooku. No, so the only reason Django knows him as Tyrannus is because, so, so, here, here's the crazy part because I don't know if Django knows this, but I don't think, I don't think Django knows Dooku and Tyrannus. I think he only knows Tyrannus yeah, as Tyrannus because he 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 introduced it. He like Dooku introduced himself to Django as Darth Tyrannus, but like. I've never heard Django refer to him as Dooku ever. I think he just thinks, hey, that's Darth Tyrannus. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, it's almost like if you hang out with a group of friends and like they told you you were a different, like you had a different name, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't like be checking names or anything. Like it's not like people are wearing name tags around the Senate's no, council. That's true. So I, I think, I think Dooku only let certain people know I'm Darth Tyrannus, but he at the same time he didn't let those same people know he was Count Dooku. Other, mm -hmm. I mean, and no, he didn't even tell Obi Wan that. He didn't even tell Obi Wan he was Darth Tyrannus, but then they found out later in Clone Wars, and it's like, oh, you're that guy? Because I think I think the name Darth Tyrannus was like a red herring. It was just like a paper trail, a breadcrumbs, but they could never link a name or a face. Mm -hmm. I mean, a name. Uh, they couldn't link. They couldn't link a face or like a profile to the name, but it's like. It, it, it's it's like you know, it's just kind of like your uh, your informant, I guess. Mm -hmm. For sure. Dooku's sick. I was thinking earlier, you could do seasons of a Dooku show. 
Young Dooku, Jedi Dooku, and then Dooku behind this. Yeah. Like, for anything. You really, honestly, you, uh, yeah, any Lord of, any, just like you make a character and you can either make the, the current, the past, and the present, or the future, sorry. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just the way that it is, you know? Like, and Dooku is one of those characters that I definitely want to see more of his Jedi aspect of. And I mean, he, even the same with the recent character, Baneless Skull. He was announced as a general. And if that's the case, that means he was a general probably the same time as Skywalker was. I like what in the fudge? You, you know, know I just realized that I just I just put two together. If we get General Balin Skull, that means we're gonna get a new clone commander too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I mean, we're kind of cool. I mean, to, I mean, if we're gonna be on that, I'm, I'll speak thirty seconds on it. Like, we're lacking on clones. You know what I mean? Like, Bad Batch has its whole faction. You know, aside from Crosshair, you got the five hundred first. What else would you really add from the five hundred first? And then you have the two hundred and twelfth Legion. Like, there's so many clones, literally, that could be added. Like Delta Squad. Like, I like I didn't even finish Delta Squad, the Republic Commando game, and I, like I want them. You know, one day. Who knows? <clears throat> Gotta make that game more affordable. <laughs> more affordable. No way, dude. If you ain't spending, you ain't winning. That's the motto. <laughs> you have to spend life points to take life points, Yugi boy. <laughs> Yugi boy. Oh, I summon Exodia. <laughs> Just ban that motherfucker right away. I, so, episode uh, three, yeah, MJ. I, I love the to wrap up episode two. Okay, I uh, I've been I love the this. I love the saturation that we get of episode one's lore because you go even deeper, even brighter. But yeah, episode three. So my my plot points are not going to be on the IQ level of you know you guys in the whole <laughs> don't need to be, bro. Like, We're just chilling. So, with the three plot points, I want to say, I mean, it's perfect in my brain, may, it may differ, but anyways. So, I'm going to start off with the first being Anakin, but all three are Anakin. So, these three are the three huge plot points for Anakin involved with Revenge of the Sith. Because the whole story is just revolved around the Skywalker family, you know what I mean? So... The first one, I want to start it off with the very beginning, the introduction, you know. He kills an unarmed Sith Lord. It's not the Jedi way. Palpatine manipulates him. Kenobi's unconscious, cannot tell him to not do it. And he does it. If Kenobi was alive, would he have done it? Or, I mean, he was alive. You know what I mean? If he was awake, would he have done it? Second is the scene where Mace goes to confront Palpatine in the, uh, and, you know, with the whole, he's been announced as the true Sith Lord. He's crying at the Coruscant Temple. You know what I mean? That's just one of his breaking points. And then the third, I've been debating this in my head. It, I think it has to be either his when he's delimbed on the lava floor or standing in front of the Death Star and with Palpatine in production. 
all three points revolve around Anakin and the Skywalker saga. Because, like, in my head, in me personally, Skywalker, Anakin, Anakin Skywalker has the most tragic story out there in any character in fiction. Or, what is it? What's real and what's not real? Fiction's not real, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. Jeez. No, fantastic point. And it, it is super sad, man. Um, I'll let Van Seal start, though. Start what? You were about to say <laughs> something. What? You were about to say something. No, how was it? I was biting my tongue. Mm -hmm. I'm well, disciplined. I mean, <laughs> it's Anakin just in general, I guess. Just it, the, the first point was Anakin killing Dooku unarmed in front of Palpatine mm -hmm. with Kenobi unconscious. Do you think he would have done it if Kenobi was conscious? And no. not F out? No. I heard a yes and yes. a no. Van Seal says yes. He says he still would have done it, dude. I want to wish I could see it. No, because like, okay, I think so, that'd be one of those moments that Obi-Wan gets super fucking serious with him. Fun fact, no. I'm going to add this now while I can. The Revenge of the Sith movie was intended to be four hours long, with the Anakin Obi-Wan versus Dooku scene being one hour alone. The hell? Yes. Because it, really it was a big chase. It was more of a, it was supposed to be more of a big chase throughout the ship. Leading up to the bridge. Oh my god. They were doing Dooku was going to meet them in the hangar, and they were literally going to duel from the hangar all the way up to the bridge. That sounds excessive and Dude. funny. Like, like, I feel like, I feel like, I could feel like, like, we could just see a bunch of battle royals just kind of, like, watching them, like, go, like. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's like that, like, <laughs> all the way down. Yeah. But, no, I, to, to get back, stay back on track, like, the, the point about, I think, I think he would have killed, um, I think he still, still would have killed him. I, I think he would have because, you know what, you know what's funny is, um, Mace Windu, you know, in front of Anakin, um, said, you know, it, it's almost like the reverse roles. It's almost like the role reversal there. When, when Mace is about to kill um, Sidious, and, and Anakin's saying, don't do it, and Mace is like, he's too dangerous to kept, be kept alive. I feel like Anakin would have said the same thing to Obi-Wan. Like, he's too dangerous to be left alive. We would, we would, we will end things right now, because Anakin's not the one that, like... I agree. And then, and then, and then as he kills him, Obi-Wan would have just been like, Ugh. Anakin! <laughs> like... So, come on. Because of the Clone Wars. <laughs> like, with the additive of Clone Wars, yeah. makes sense you know what i mean like how long has been anakin fighting dooku throughout the clone wars a hot minute they have like yeah and dooku pushes or... his buttons like like dooku does there's a whole story arc where yeah. they're like they kidnap the chancellor and they 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 they, they uh what's it called they project they project like fake bodies on themselves to impersonate people and yada it's a whole convoluted thing just so dooku can fight anakin and like talk shit and it pisses him off. So the... it pissed him off. Like the whole point was just to talk shit and like push your buttons. And I'm like, dude, that that's gotta get annoying after a while. Like I'm not gonna lie. There was a yeah, deleted I mean, scene of Attack that. Of the clones to Revenge of the Sith. You know, it finalized. No. There was a deleted scene for the Dooku murder, and <laughs> Anakin was like, I shouldn't. <laughs> and, he was, and then Palpatine was do it and he kills him and he was like I shouldn't have done that he was unarmed <laughs> and he literally was unarmed so they had to cut it or else it would have been 
more of a comedy well, thing. Well, no, that was that was in the that was in the original. He was he said that word for word. Hayden said that word for word. I think there was a bit about it, like the way that he said it. That they so went with a my, different one. Yeah, in my head, like uh, there's a lot of like behind the scenes right now that's floating around where there's a lot of duels. But George Lucas was like, no, I need old head Ian McDermott to do this fight scene himself because mm -hmm. to just make it more like realistic, you know? It's crazy too because when they filmed the fight scene between uh, uh, the, the Mace Windu and uh, Sidious, I didn't know this, but like Samuel Jackson's like two years older than Ian McDermott. No shot. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's very like, crazy. Ian looks like an old head and I know. Mace looks I know. like a midlife crisis. Yeah, Mace was actually older than Ian McDermott. It's funny. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> That's nuts. Damn. Well, to be fair, to be fair, the dark side ages the fuck out of you. He is not wrong. That's true. It ages the fuck out of you. Like, someone should have noticed this 75-year-old looking 53-year-old. Like, what's going on here? Oh, I lied. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. No, no. Samuel Jackson's younger by <laughs> four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, he's younger. I don't know where I got that from. The That's still ones. only four or five years. That's so crazy. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Yeah. You would not think that range looking at those two side by side for sure. No, not yeah. at all. So my second uh, bullet point, bullet point was... Uh, this is like the breaking point for Anakin. It's either A or B. You choose, you pick. I mean, me personally, I think it's B, the latter. Um, so A is him crying at the Coruscant Temple, uh, you know, after Mace told him to, you know, chill and just wait like a puppy dog. Or B, he's crying after murdering the whole Separatist leaders. I think it's B because he's crying on Mustafar because of what he dreamed of as a child you know he wanted to become a and being what he is at that point he's veered so far away from that point you know he's literally ready to kill at the blink of an eye to save padme that's not what a jedi does you know a jedi will sacrifice their own life if need be in the blink of an eye so i mean i choose b he's crying on musafar that's his breaking point and when he fully turned to darth vader because you even see his sith lord eyes could pop out like why didn't we see that during obi-wan why did we only get that blank second of eye yellow eyes why you know what i mean like i've never actually looked on google or anybody's like content creator channel like why did anakin have a brief moment of yellow eyes full sith like he's full-on enraged type shit. <clears throat> it would have been cool to see him have that in the clone wars you know while he's still anakin uh in the mortis arc doesn't he get that he does get the yellow eyes in the mortis arc yes for like a brief moment he's like Ahsoka, longer where are the keys than, <laughs> yeah longer than ribbon <laughs> for sure i uh what i remember is like he's talking to obi-wan and like he pushes like the speeder into the lava and he's yeah. like you have no idea what the future is like i like, love it when people do that when they're just like i'm sorry and like for what and he just pushes your motorcycle into lava and just like, <laughs> like i'm sorry what the fuck <laughs> people apologize out of nowhere and just like what's just don't do whatever you're about to do they apologize before the action yeah, <laughs> like, <"What?"> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, you can never trust I'm sorry in the Star Wars universe nowadays. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. I mean, Revenge I of the Sith though is a beautiful movie. It, I mean, like you said, dude, you can hardly watch it. You know, it's emotional. I, I wouldn't say I cried to it, but I do get to that level of like I almost want to. So I, I, I have a pretty, a pretty interesting. Uh, like this isn't like a like really anything to debate on or anything, but this is just a memory that I've I've just unlocked in the last five seconds. Um, I was at the midnight premiere for Revenge of the Sith, and I remember in the theaters when Anakin, Obi Wan, like not like when the, they start fighting each other, but like. The last part where they're on the like the bridge that fell and they're they're fighting each other like the music's kicking in i got really sad and depressed for about a good like 20 seconds because in my mind i knew this is the last star wars fight i am ever gonna see because this is it this is episode three this will be like like this is supposed to be the last one it's done when i saw that i was like as a kid, I was like, this is the last one. And I got super sad. I was like, man, because so, this fight's so good and I don't want it to end. But I'm like, and in my mind, I was like, this is going to be, this is it. This is this is the final part. There's nothing after this. And oh, thank God I was wrong. But, um. about the, the moment where, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan are, like, you know, like, this. It's, and it's, it's like, silhouetted with the lava. No, 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 no. It was like it was like when the, cause, no, because I knew the fight was still going to go on. Because it cuts, it cuts from there to, it goes back to Coruscant. But, like. It's after Yoda says, like, he failed, and it cuts back to Mustafar, and they're fighting on the little bridge that fell, and they're, like, they're... It's before they start swinging, before the battle... Before the music kicks in, like, the yeah. final music. So I was, like, I knew once that music hit, I was, like, this is it, this is the end. Like, yeah, we are at the end of the road. Yeah, that choreography when Battle of the Heroes did start, and yeah. the climactic parts of Battle of the Heroes, like, when I was just explaining, you know, when, uh, when they... You know, locked whatever. I don't know what to call it. When they locked hands and the lava was spurting in the background, that was my most deep because the music it, music elevates the vibes slash emotions for sure. Music really goes tandem. You know, it goes well with what's going on cinematically for sure in my brain. So like seeing that, like the lava rise at its peak potential. It's the battle of the heroes. It's Anakin and Obi Wan. It's like. Jesus, Jesus, however you want to say it, like it hurts, you know, like Tebow says he cries when he sees it. I'm, I'm, I'm practically on that level. Like I could shed one tear like this. It hurts mm-hmm. for sure. He raised that little boy. It hurts. Yeah, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Seeing someone disappoint their, their teacher as well. Their father figure. That's never fun to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, with that being said, the, the third bullet point goes to either, you know, him being dis- limbed on the lava floor saying, I hate you to the person that raised him, or him being fully mechanical membered. I don't know what the word is. He mechanically assembled, sitting with his new master, just watching the pre production Death Star being built. Like, those are all pivotal moments, I think, in Revenge of the Sith for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, seeing... Coming full circle and... Uh, exactly. Seeing what he has to go through to go inside the Vader suit, and then, uh, you know... Just 
just like yeah it's like and then that's the thing it's like it's crazy because like i said like that is literally the end of that story like that is that is the end of that story and then at the same time the beginning to something else and i think i think that's one of the things that like george lucas really um did really well was talking about how like um like he doesn't like do this this is this is very subtle that he does this a lot and it happens a lot in clone wars but um in a lot of japanese films um Especially like Rashima, which like Rashima, if you guys have ever watched, like George gets so much inspiration from old Japanese films, and like a lot of the times they'll talk about how like life and death are the same, like they're the exact same thing, and like like anytime something dies, like new life is born, and that's why like sometimes in some cultures like death is celebrated because they know when when something does die, something new starts, and that's like it's all. It's just the same process over and over and over. So, like, seeing Vader go into the suit um, is the death of Anakin and the birth of Darth Vader, but it's also at the same time, it's like, we get to see Luke yeah. and kind of, like, yep. where everything's going from there, so. It's like light. It's just, it's just life. It's, you know? it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, that goddamn <laughs> meme. <laughs> So I have been thinking about a nice, like fan fiction, like a nice what if, a nice theory, basing it around Revenge of the Sith. And what I came up with is, let's say Anakin does not kill Dooku. He shouldn't do it. Maybe, oh. maybe Obi-Wan's conscious and tells him not to, because I think Obi-Wan would. And so Anakin doesn't do it. So Dooku stays alive, but obviously he goes to jail. Palpatine still needs... Maybe, maybe he doesn't go to jail. Maybe Palpatine finds a way to kill him. Maybe he passes out or dies he of... Pays uh, his, he pays his bail. He pays his bail. Th that and or maybe he just... Maybe he dies of blood loss. Even though it's cauterized, like you do a little different. Um, but for one reason or another, he dies. He's out of the picture whatever um but he needs a new apprentice anakin isn't buying it anymore like because that nah. I, th I think killing dooku was a huge nail in the coffin in terms of guilt for anakin I mean, and right. palpatine needs a new apprentice uh, all the shit hits the fan still but rather than anakin joining palpatine because he's more committed to the light what if at that point where Windu's holding the lightsaber to his throat. What if Windu is like, let me join you? <laughs> okay, bud. <laughs> and then Wait, Windu joined the dark side? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What if? No. All yeah. Right. So. He's, okay. he's always got it in him. Before Dude, I maybe he... Mace, is a, Mace Windu is a boy scout. So yeah, but he's I always got a little happen... dark side in him. What if he just, does, but no. What if it he always? Wouldn't, he wouldn't be like, oh, okay, no, I don't know. So say Kenobi was conscious, right? And he did convince Anakin to not kill him. Here's the thing, okay? Dooku's not dead. He has his hands. He goes to jail. That's the Jedi way because that's the Jedi way. They're more political and whatever and yada yada yada. Here's the thing. You're, we're talking about Palpatine here. A villain that is not two steps ahead of your average person like Gus Fring. He is five steps ahead 
like Thrawn is the better villain 100% because he is 10 steps ahead but Palpatine is beyond b below Thrawn he is five steps ahead of your average human being or force sensitive person right I believe like let's say I believe I believe he didn't I believe he did have a plan at that point I 100% believe and he had a plan set in motion to still make Anakin Darth effing Vader like this was uh, like this was his master plan from the clones to Annie I agree wholeheartedly I I'm just saying and my rebuke would be for the Mace Windu thing um Mace is he's kind of he like he's peaked he can't go any higher because above him is Yoda and this guy is immortal this guy's not dying well, anytime yeah. soon, and he's I, not going to die in Mace Windu's point so of view. So to add to your, to add to your both, he's immortal. To add to your both your points, I think, I think if if Mace did turn, Anakin would be so happy. He'd be like, "Oh, thank God, I get to kill you now." Yeah, thank God. You get to and see that fight. And before before Same he kills him, before he kills him, before he kills him, he's gonna be like, he's gonna be like, "Call me master." Call me master. I think Ahsoka would. I think Ahsoka call me citizen. Call me citizen. And then and then and then uh, Kenobi, dude. I, you know what? Knowing Kenobi and how troll he is, dude, I bet you he was conscious. I bet you he was just like like hiding under his arm, <laughs> and he was just like he's like Anakin, kill him, kill him, kill him, please kill him, kill him. And then he just like played dead the whole time. Like that... he was just like, come on, Anakin, come on, just hurry up and do it. Hurry up, kill him. That way he doesn't get in trouble because that's how Obi-Wan thinks. He's always, you know, trying to get he's always trying to get out of things. Yeah. And maybe that day when he had a whole ass fucking Dude, he got ragdolled. You've yeah. seen it, bro. Yeah. When he had a whole ass floor plopped down on him and land on his hip, he's like these fucking Clone Wars need to fucking end. This is fucking bullshit. I'm fucking done, man. Yeah, he's clocking like, out, like, going home. I'm done. He was probably saying, "Do it too" under his breath. He's like, "Do, do, 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 do it." He's like, "Oh, you even gave me a blanket? Oh, that's lovely." <laughs> Kill them both. I don't fucking care. Get it over with. Yeah, I'm over it. Who wakes up? Oh, what happened? <laughs> oh <Yeah>. no, <laughs> dude, who's that? Anakin, how Anakin, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Time out. Five you're on restriction. <laughs> I think this movie is very fucking good. Um, yep. And that takes us to our dispatches. Shout out to everyone that sent them in. Um, Wish in time. We've got the first question from Alex in Seattle. And his question is, which books or comics do you suggest as must read or must listen for fans interested in going deeper into Star Wars. Doctor, mother-loving Afra. And then Vader. Yeah, those are good ones to start with, I would say. I agree. To dive Personal. deeper into the Star Wars. Probably. I, did, I I think if you're if you're gonna dive deeper, I think dive deeper into something you're familiar with. So yeah, prequels, whatever you whatever you yeah. fuck with, make it a good yeah. experience. Don't just yeah. be like, oh, I need to learn more about some here. Learn more lore yeah. about your own character. You know, learn about dirge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Learn about the symbiote uh, bounty hunter. <laughs> this one is from John in Denver. I've always been curious about the behind-the-scenes work on episode one. Can you shed any light on the production challenges and special effects used in the pod racing scene? I got nothing for this one. Yeah, so I actually worked there on the set of episode one. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> just <laughs> um uh, I, there's a lot of stuff you can youtube there's a lot of stuff they did um yeah there's um, whole behind they, the they scenes did a lot, movies they, they did a lot of miniatures which i always appreciate when films do miniatures and because if you get miniatures and you do them right you can't tell they're miniatures they look so good they look so awesome um but um yeah the pod racing the pod racing part i feel like that t that they probably spent a lot of time on getting that right because i i do remember like the entire stadium was like a mock it was it was a miniature stadium and i was like it looked really cool i mean until you see a life-size person standing next to it and it's like but it goes to like their hip or their waist it's like that's it's a pretty pretty big set for like a little, I mean, little tiny thing the original trilogy did a lot of stuff with paintings literally yeah paintings. yeah a lot of map paintings you know? yeah and like the, like look at that you know what i mean like um Movie. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, like it, like feels like a whole ass scene in the form of a painting. Like it's phenomenal, you know. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. I could go in. I could go on for days. I could have a whole podcast episode about behind the yeah. scenes stuff. Um, this one's from Sarah, and she asks. Can you discuss the actors' chemistry in the prequels and the challenges they faced in portraying the story? The romance between Anakin and Padme in episode two has always fascinated me. One of these questions, bro. <laughs> Send these to George. My God. GBT says there. That's some jet GBT shit right there. The um, romance between Anakin. Okay, so so the care the chemistry with the characters. So they gotta fall in love on screen, but not off screen. Bro, That's the struggle. Annie fucking shoved the fucking pear in her mouth with the force. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't yeah. know that far. Wouldn't know that. And then far. she she goes and dress all scandalous, and she's like, "What are you talking about? This is what I always read when yeah. I read books. This is what I always wear when I read books. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I fucking dress." <laughs> Fuck this, off. Is, this is what I always wear. <laughs> you think I you think I ride public transportation? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey Padme, I'd like to show you something. This is called a bus. <laughs> she was probably like, what the fuck are we taking? Going to Naboo. Are you kidding me? I am the queen of Naboo. This is bullshit. <laughs> Public transportation? Are you mad? It's great. It goes from point A to point B. Yeah. Ignore the smell. <laughs> that shit was probably stinky. Some motherfucker sitting across from them just munching on some fucking chips. Just <laughs> looking Anakin up and down like wanting to fight him. Like. Oh man, oh, people yeah. on then, course are crazy. Oh, and then Obi Wan and Captain Tanaka, where she's he's like, yeah, I hope he doesn't do anything, and he's just like, huh, I'd be more worried about her. Yeah. Like elbows Obi Wan. Yeah. Like, huh. <laughs> and you think of it, Coruscant literally is New York. 
And the people yeah. in New York are fucking crazy. So just imagine Yo. a crazy guy on the bus. You should have seen it, bro. I'm not, I mean, I don't want to answer this, this topic of New York, but like, so I, I'm born and raised in New York, and she's in Pennsylvania, and we visited. Long Island, she, iced it, Well, yeah, tea. anyways. Let's go. We took a vacation in Manhattan. We, like, booked a room in, on the 48th floor in Manhattan for a weekend. And she literally texts her brother at, like, 3 a.m. Is it safe to go out now? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> we literally walked at 4 a.m. to go get a pizza. And, no, it was not safe to go out, bro. <laughs> Just the method. It's really it's it's psychopathic in the morning time in the big cities for sure. I think, hundred percent has to be, has to be. Um, this next one is: Could you explore some of the real world historical references that George incorporates into Star Wars? And you might know a little bit about this from like the political scheme, Van Seal. Well, I'm sorry, which, which are you wrong, four or five? Uh, four. Okay. Draws inspiration from historical and mythology. Yeah, so, um, he draws upon a lot of, like, stuff we've had in the past and stuff that we've, uh, you know, that we have now. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, as they say, history does repeat itself. But, um, like I said, he, he draws from, like, like I said, the, the film Rashomon came out, like, I think 1950 or 1949, I can't remember, but very very famous world-renowned it's a very famous world-renowned japanese mystery crime <clears throat> film you you know it, he he draws a lot from that um french new wave he also drew a lot from that that's another form of cinema but um in terms of the political in terms of the political aspect um like you know he he definitely talk likes to use like like i don't say there's like stereotypes in star wars because like he he says it like there's not really any like star wars star wars aliens ever like there's no like i mean you can have your own opinion but you know he, he said that you know racism doesn't really exist in star wars because there's like a million different races but you, as you can see like certain races have kind of different accents in star wars and they kind of have like he kind of almost like projects a lot of like certain countries onto certain alien races in some of the star wars prequels um especially in the prequels but i think that like um it, it, he does this a really good job at just portraying the world because you know as they say like art can always re art can only reflect life life can never reflect art and i think he does a really good job at just kind of like taking like real world scenarios and kind of just dressing it up with uh, some lasers and laser swords and putting it in space and he called star wars but you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, pretty relatable to stuff that we've experienced in our own history. Yeah, and I like just how far away from real life they keep it, though. In yeah, at the of, same time, right? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. They keep it so in-universe. Yeah. They're really good at that. Um, Next question we kind of already talked about. It's uh, the pivotal moments in Anakin's transformation. Kind of talked about that already. That yep. was from anonymous Instagram user. Don't forget, you guys can send us messages at Star Wars TAP on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, this one's from Darth Darren on Twitter. Darth Darren. Episodes mm -hmm. one to three introduced us to a wide array of Jedi, such as 
Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, and Qui-Gon? How do their individual styles and philosophies impact the characters that they go on to train, like Anakin and Luke? So I think uh, I think the first thing is we get to see different colors of lightsabers, and you know, in in the original trilogy, we don't we see blue, we see red, and we see green, but like they're just colors. And then in the prequel trilogy, we learn that there's a significance, and there's almost like an advanced role. It's almost like I'm going to be a Jedi, but then now you got to pick your path. Like you got to there's almost like a skill tree involved with a jet being a Jedi, where like you know. You're going to learn different forms, different styles. You can be more reliant on the Force. You can be more reliant on your lightsaber. So I think it's really cool to see the different um, the different avenues and kind of how they kind of just like trickle down into eventually Anakin and then eventually Luke. And, and then it kind of kind of shows that like Luke is uh, Luke kind of gets to learn like the best of not both, but like all the different like versions of uh, different Jedi. And then he kind of, you know, takes on his own style at some point. And that's why I like the whole master and apprentice dynamic because yeah. it, it, it just gives it that platform to do so. Cause there's not a whole lot of real life examples where there isn't some sort of master and apprentice dynamic going on. This is just an easy way to a black and white way to see it. And that's why it's in my opinion, so beautiful. What about you, MJ? Any opinion on that or just? I mean, you got to nail it down to the nitty gritty with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Each character individually has like a lightsaber ignition sound. And it's just like, <laughs> but I mean, that point goes and leads to another point, which I'm about to say is everything about Star Wars. It's crazy the moment you step foot into the star wars franchise it's like you're a solidified concrete boulder let's look at carrie dune for example you know she's been for x amount of time and she got the boot but i only know gina as cara dune or i mean i still know cara dune as cara dune you know what i mean but like all the lightsaber ignitions like luke's it's just straight up just it's Luke's and Luke. yeah. yeah. I like that. There's nice similarities with that. And it, it does kind of draw the tree of which Jedi came from which, you know. Um, solid question. Shout out Darth Darren on Twitter. Next one's from Lamorak on Discord. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. Lamb Zero Rack. For what reason did the clones go along with Order 66? Uh, we've got a few different confirmed reasons and alluded to reasons, but which is the best? Were they brainwashed? Were they just genetically designed to follow orders? Were they lied to and manipulated into thinking the Jedi were traitors, etc.? So the Clone Wars kind of goes into that, and so does the Bad Bat show. Um, you know, they have these inhibitor chips implanted at birth, and they're basically like. Um, and Tico, you can, can you can back me up on this because I'm not, I have, I don't remember where I heard this from or if it's true, but like there was multiple commands that these inhibitor chips could do, but the one Palpatine executed Indeed. was Order sixty six. In deep lore, there is. Yeah. So 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 they were like a. 
they were pretty much just like sleeper cells, sleeper agents. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, once the time was right, Palpatine flipped the switch and then they were just like, all right, like you Jedi are now enemies. Let's shoot them. Like it, they didn't even think twice about it. And, you know, some of them struggled. Some of them, there were some incidences where some of them said they tried to resist or they tried to like force themselves, you know, th those that had the strong enough willpower, but like 99% of them, like it was just like a light switch. Mm-hmm. And they did and realize it was that they, easy they did, to they did come like a light they switch. Did, yeah, and then eventually, like after you know months after Order sixty six actually did happen, they did uh, come. They didn't. It's not that they came to the census. It's just they started to finally process what they did, and a lot of them were you know they were still following orders, but it's like they had a like I think the guilt that they had to live with started to like kind of snap them out of it because that's something that a lot of them often think about because you know. A lot of these clones end up befriending a lot of the Jedi, and you know they were their friends slash leader for months, weeks, if not years, you mm -hmm. know, in battle. So you know they definitely developed a strong bond. But you know for them to process murdering their leader, uh, you know that that probably I'm assuming doesn't go well. That's a really, really, really good way to put it. It's it's another one of those sad things too because you get so emotionally tied to each and every clone that you meet in Clone Wars, and it's sad to think that it it happened with them like they turned as well, dropped their identity and yeah, that's why it's cool to know that certain ones stayed like Rex, Rex stayed. It was cool. I like that. Solid question though. Last one's from Alan on Instagram. Uh, what are they going to do with Balin? He's your MVP of the Ahsoka show. And there's really only three outcomes, recast, redesign, or write-off. I, I, I'm all for the recast. I think recast them. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it, uh, it is an unfortunate thing that happened, but I think... Um, I think Disney just needs to learn how to recast people. I think they really do because if you don't recast people, you are limiting yourself to what you can do. Like I, I, I don't know why we haven't recasted Han, Luke, and Leia. I mean, I would have recasted Han. We've kind of recasted Luke, but at the same time, we're still dabbling with deepfakes, which I'm just like, just recast him at this point. Like honestly, like if you can recast them, we can get more movies about them. Yeah. And it's, it's and we're 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 at this point in the Star Wars like you know lifetime where um i think fans can't be picky and pick and choose who gets to play who anymore because we're at this point where it just sucks and we just need good content so i remember when solo's coming up people were like he's not my harrison ford he's not my han solo i'm like he did great mm -hmm. he did great like like first of all how do you impersonate one of the greatest actors of all time harrison ford Mm -hmm. Like that's 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 like a mountain of a task to do, but I I mean I would recast them honestly I, I just recast them um and I, I love I love Balin Skull so much too um you know it's unfortunate what happened but I think you recast him because I I really want to see more of him and the other the other opportunity you could do is if you wanted to keep Ray Stevenson's legacy alive is if let's say we get Tales of the Jedi season two. You know, you can design the animated character to look like Ray Stevenson and just get a voice actor. Mm -hmm. You know, that'll give you that general Balin Skull backstory that, you know, we're all curious about. But in terms of like, 
Ahsoka season two or or wherever he shows up again. He could show up in Mando season four. I don't know, but um, yeah, I think I think you just have to recast him at that point. I don't think you do the deep fake though. I just don't. Mm-mm. I think you got to stay away from it. I'm I'm with you. I think you recast. You could always redesign and throw him under a not a prosthetic, but like a mask, um, some sort of breathing apparatus. You can you can find a way. You can find a way. But is he, he's a cool character that the fans have they've grown to like and they've resonated with. And yeah, you have to. You have to then expand upon that because that's the equation nowadays. You know, we loved Ahsoka. We got a lot more Ahsoka. Um, and that's the way that it's going. So. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Recast her too. Good point. Yeah. Let's get get some live action Clone Wars going while we can. While we can. While the characters are able to look a bit younger. Let's work on that. Um, but yeah, I just, you got to keep Ray Stevenson's aura with a new actor taking the helm. Yeah, because the character at the end of the day, it's it, you have to remember at, at the actors are not the characters themselves, and vice versa. The characters are also not the actors. It's very hard to distinguish that when you get some characters and actors that are just born for the role, like Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man, obviously. But I mean. I think Ray Stevenson started something with this character, and mm-hmm. I think that is kind of his legacy in Star Wars. And I think like it, it, you got to keep that character going. Like he, he, uh, it's almost like the analogy of the Force Awakens. It's like it was such a great setup. Don't don't butcher it. And I think he did such a great job setting up this character. Like you got to keep this character going. Don't write him off. Don't kill him off. And I think that's very rare that we get a character in Star Wars these days where the whole fan base loves them. Yeah. Everybody is so diversive and controversial about everything these days. It's really rare that we get one character that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that it's just the one character where the actor passes away, but I think you got to keep the character going. I yeah. think you just got to. You have to, out of respect to the actor in and of itself, with the multiplication that you are talking about a character that everyone loves no one has any distaste towards and there's mystique built around him there's some magic there that you can capitalize on you can go before you can go after you can keep the current story going there's a lot you can do and i just pray that they take advantage of it for us and for them because that's good star wars balen skull right now is good Star Wars. But I fear that we're not going to get anything to do with Balin Skull for time. Maybe yeah. Tales of the Jedi. If they yeah, want to do Tales, fan service. Maybe Tales of the Jedi. But like, yeah, until we get another Star Wars show, which don't even know when that's gonna happen no. um, it's gonna it's gonna be a minute so they do have time to recast and they do have time to plan things up at the same time they can't let this uh they can't let this uh success just sit up there and kind of like die in the window you know what i mean like they gotta they gotta serve it while it's hot yep 
Well, folks, that is all we got for you this week, this edition, this episode of the Archives Podcast for MJ, Van Seal, and myself. This is the Archives Podcast. I am Sotiko. Follow us everywhere. Give us a five-star review and like if you enjoyed. Peace, love, and life. Deuces, manuses, and may the force be with you. Thank you.